0: The Next Wave Podcast, hashtag, no filter. Hey, Next Wavers. Adrian here. I can't tell you how much it means that you're continuing to ride with us on this journey as we talk about various topics across our union through a Next Wave lens. We've been Next Wave officially by name for over 10 years now, but the Young Worker Movement has never not been a part of ASME's rich history. So as we go back to the basics, I do want to remind you that we're all about union, political and social engagement. And so without further ado, I want to officially welcome you to episode three, Beefing with the Boss, part two. Ken, what are you doing?
1: This is not okay. And for them to treat me like this in my home, like this is my home.
0: Sounds crazy, right? We're just waiting until you get the context. You'll see just how wild it really is. So while we've been gone, a lot has happened, as you know, I'd reached out to both Jessica and Crystal to get information on their organizing drives. And so when we last spoke, we were just moving from finding out the origins of the organizing campaigns and leading up to a direct standoff with management. So let me go back and catch you up a little bit to take you to this moment. Jessica and her co-workers had come together and decided that they wanted a union. They were knee-deep into their organizing campaign. And of course, management had a response. They responded by bringing in what we like to call union busters.
1: So they would come into the hospital, and we were like, who are these people that have free range of the hospital? They're really creepy looking, too. It was like these guys that were like super creepy looking. They had one woman who was like the nice cop, the good cop, you know, and the rest of them were like the bad cop. They had free range of the hospital. They would come around. They would wait outside patients' rooms for us. They would yell at us in the middle of the hallway where patients and families can hear, and it was okay for them to do that.
0: What types of things would they do?
1: They had captive audience meetings. These meetings were mandatory. So they would take, we were short staffed already, right? Then they would pull people from the units, to go to these meetings. Here's these union busters who are like grabbing us and pulling us out of these patients' rooms when we're trying to care for patients. They didn't care that there was only one aid on the floor while people were in these meetings and that the patients were suffering from it. But once you were in the meeting, like if you needed to get out to use the bathroom, if you needed to get out for whatever reason, you weren't let out of the meeting. Management had lists and they had to check off which employees went to the meetings. And I was like, can I see the list? And I was never on the list, but I would be slick about it because I'm like, fine, you don't want me in the meetings. I'm still gonna find out what's going on in these meetings so I would take my dinner break and I would go sit in an equipment room that was attached to the room that they were having the meetings in yeah I'd be I'd be like sitting there with my legs up and I'd be taking notes because I'd be listening to the meeting but I found ways around it
0: so things were immediately kicked into high gear at this point in the campaign I knew well we both knew that management will have some sort of response but this almost seemed like overkill it was a bit much So I asked Jessica, why does she think management responded the way they did?
1: When we first started organizing, we thought it was going to be like a group of like maybe unit coordinators and PCTs on the unit. Right. So we thought it was going to be maybe two, three, four hundred people. When we started getting deep into it and we realized like just how many people had to be in it, we were like, oh, God, there's 900 of us. And it was a little intimidating at first, but we were like, wow, like this could be really powerful. We'll be bigger than the nurses. And when the hospital caught on to that, they were like super fearful because they're like, holy crap, this is bigger than the nurses' union. These people are going to have like a really powerful voice if they all get together and actually make this happen. So management was like working double time to kind of shut the whole thing down and to instill fear into people to kind of shut it down.
0: So with all of the intensity going on around the hospital, how could folks maintain concentration to focus on the union organizing?
1: We started meeting at McDonald's after work. We started meeting. We all worked different shifts, too. That was the thing. So... I was like on evenings, a couple of people are on evenings, a couple of people were overnights, a couple people were days. So we would meet anywhere at any time at any hour. We would meet in the lounge. We would meet in a storage closet in the hospital if nobody <laughs> was if nobody was around, but we would be smart about it cuz I'd be like, "Okay, I'm on my 15-minute break. I'll run downstairs and I'll meet you now." Or like, "I'll take my dinner break. I'll bring my sandwich, but I'll come run downstairs and I'll meet you now." So it wasn't like they can come after us and be like, "What were you doing off of the unit for 30 right, minutes?" you know? Right. So we were smart about it, but we were also kind of stealthy.
0: And this is while they were having these meetings? I mean, did you ever go into any of these meetings? What happened?
1: Uh, administration started having them. Okay. I found out about them, and I showed up to one. And, How was that? <laughs> well, the HR guy that I know very well, he was the one kind of holding it with a union buster, who I didn't know was a union buster at the time, because it was the first time I've ever seen this guy. I didn't know if he was a new employee, who he was. So I walk in and I was like, hey, Ken, is this where the meeting was? And he was like, no, there's no meeting here. But there were like 50 people in the room. He turned me around and he walked me out of the room. And I'm like, Ken, what's going on here? So I was like, all right, I'll fix you. I found out there was another meeting going on on the 10th floor. So I was like, all right, I'll go to the 10th floor. I can't be in this one. I'll go to the 10th floor. So I walked into that meeting and I sit down before they shut the door and I had my pad and paper and I was like, okay, what is your name? What is your last name? Where are you from? Why are you here? And they got really upset with me. And they're like, you need to leave, Jessica. It, this was the Union Buster speaking. And they're like, you need to leave. And I'm like, no, I don't think I need to leave. Like, These are mandatory meetings and I'm an employee, so I should be here. And they're right. like, no, you need to leave. And I was like, I'm not leaving. Like, I don't know what to tell you, I'm just not leaving. So I'm only 5'2". So here comes this guy who's like six foot five, picks me up, literally picks me up, and brings me outside the room and puts me down. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is, did this just happen? Stop playing. Cause now I'm about to lose it. Now I'm about to lose it. So my coworker, Helen, who works on the eighth floor, I'm on the 11th floor, she's on the eighth floor. She was like, oh hell no. If she's going out there, I'm going out there because I don't know what this guy is gonna do and I need to protect her. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So he's like dragging me out the room and I'm like, come on Helen, she's coming behind us.
0: I wish this was the worst of it all, but there's more. These union busters were seriously terrorizing the leaders at this hospital. It even got to a point where things started to become personal.
1: But they would also use like fear tactics where they knew my mother worked there. Like they knew everything about me. They knew what I looked like, who I was, where I lived, what I was doing on the weekends. It was really creepy. But they would come around and they'd be like, Jessica, how's your mother today? Or is your mother working today? I know she works down in the ambulatory surgery department. And here I am wanting to haul off and like throw a stapler at this guy's head, right? Cause I'm just like, that's my mom. Like, no, you're not gonna mess with my mother, right?
0: Right, right. And this incident right here is what brought us to this point.
1: I had a good relationship with the head of HR and I pulled him aside one day and I was like, Ken, what are you doing? This is not okay. And for them to treat me like this in my home, like this is my home, this is not okay. And he was like, there's nothing I can do about it, Jessica. Like it is what it is.
0: Clearly a pivotal moment in the fight. So let's take a second to pause. And while we allow things to cool off for a bit here, let's check back in with Crystal, who's been fighting the good fight at UCAN. She too went through various obstacles, including but not limited to captive audience meetings, propaganda, and targeted attacks at the organizing committee. It even got so bad that ASME's president, Lee Saunders, had to issue a statement. You have difficult jobs, even under the best of circumstances. But when UCAN doesn't pay you enough to support your families, when your health insurance is unaffordable, When staff shortages and high turnover make it nearly impossible to provide the best services, then it's time to fight like hell for dignity and respect. Because you deserve better, and the kids who need your help deserve better. So Crystal, after all of the nonsense, and even with the word from our international president, there was still work to be done in the fight, right? Were you up for it? I
2: was a little nervous, but I also knew like this is how I will be protected once I do step up and say something right then then the flood doors of my activism will can you know just be opened, and I can just do everything that I want to do with all due you know with all due respect. I became more of an agitator versus an aggressor, so normally, I would just be loud and asking questions, but I had to learn. You know, how to um, efficiently agitate management mm-hmm. as opposed to being just loud and aggressive mm-hmm. and then modeling that behavior for my coworkers to see that, hey, you can question management right. on anything, especially when it comes to your rights as a worker.
0: So leaving this counterattack, what were some of the things you all did to bring the fight to the boss?
2: petitions. We had petitions. We had letters from uh, community activists. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like the NAACP of the president of the west side chapter of the NAACP um, came and met with some of the higher ups in upper administration in an effort to say, hey, we need you guys to fight for the people that are working hard every single day.
0: As Crystal began to outline the resistance that she and her co-workers had put up I asked to flesh out the details a little bit more. You know, I really wanted to get to the bottom of the who, the what, the when, the where, and all the hows.
2: Yeah, we we pulled on all of our resources that we could possibly come up with. We did have, like, the organizing committee petition, um, the uh, the GOTV position, I'm, I'm sorry, petition, where everybody that was planning on voting was. Um, for the union signed their name and it was a nice big colorful poster with pictures to let management know and i remember um when that came out which was right before the the actual um election when that came out i remember the program director i walked past his office and he was just looking at it just reading it so intensely and i was just so proud like yeah you see we got that majority we had um our recently elected cook county uh, commissioner who uh, is very good friends with our CEO here for the for UCan? Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a letter and signed it. You know he's very he's an active supporter of our um, movement here at UCan.
0: I found it interesting looking back at all the different resources that future union members were able to pull together and fight back. Jessica over in Connecticut had also mentioned that they had linked on community support when it came time to push back against management
1: we contacted Senator Blumenthal from Connecticut and um, some state reps and we had rallies. So we had a rally right there at night with like lights and candles and all kinds of stuff to draw attention. And Senator Blumenthal, he came and he spoke and the state reps came and they spoke about the importance of, you know, standing together and organizing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We also went to local churches and spoke to the congregation about the reasons for our organizing and, We kind of let them know what was going on inside the hospital because although it was a community hospital, it is a community hospital, and although we all kind of support each other, it was important for us to get out information about why we were organizing and, you know, This is a community and we're supposed to care for each other as if you're our family and these changes that are within the institution are preventing us from caring for you the way that you need to be cared for and that we want to care for you. We tried to get in a few newspapers. That was really difficult, but because we couldn't get really articles into papers, we decided to kind of leaflet the town, the whole city and we would create flyers, and we would just hang them up all over the place. We would go into businesses and we would hand out flyers, and any speed bump or block in the road that we hit, um, trying to get the information out to the community, we, we just went around it, we found ways around it.
0: And just to move things on a bit, I wanted to jump right in and talk about the aftermath of Jessica and Crystal fighting back and capture the feelings of them and their coworkers.
1: It was a fight, right? It was like a huge fight. And Mm -hmm. the hospital did us really dirty. They didn't give us all the information that was required to be given to us to hold our election properly. They had the union busters. They did a lot of dirty things. And we were forced to file charges. When we finally won our election, it was just like this huge relief and this huge like, okay, every single moment, every time being pulled out of these meetings, every tear, every heartache, every time you wanted to just scream and crick and cry, all of it was worth it to to finally end up where we were. And it was a five-year struggle. It was nearly five years, start from finish, and we never gave
0: up. What a journey. I promise you I'd feel riled if I didn't circle back with Crystal to catch some of the highlights of the celebratory moments too.
2: I was there when we were counting the votes, so. Okay. I can I remember asking um, my organizers like can can we clap? Can we celebrate? <laughs> and they like yeah. So it was like yeah. Cuz we were in like this little tight little quiet little room. Right. I don't know. Um so you know there was a a very like small celebration there. We took pictures. We tried to celebrate. We tried to, but we also tried to be respectful mm-hmm. and not try to come back to work and say, ah, now look, you know, aha, you know, right. so um, we tried to just have some integrity too. But we did celebrate the fact that the majority of the coworkers here, the staff population here, and then the TLP program, they actually did feel that we needed a union.
0: And so now that we're here at this point, is there anything you'd like to leave with our listeners and or a message to other workers fighting the good fight?
2: Yeah. So and it's it's pretty much the same with my clients that it is with my coworkers. Mm -hmm. Um, When I see that light bulb go on, you know, when I hear a different conversation, a different narrative coming from you, you know, uh, in regards to my clients, when I see them successfully, you know, being discharged from this program and then being just as successful and define the odds of, like, returning back to UCAN or a restrictive setting, you know, that, that is what keeps me going. That's the most rewarding part of my work as a case manager is being able to set them up for success. Jessica? I would always say be respectful
1: above anything else be realistic Mm -hmm. don't go in there asking for a 30 percent raise right because i mean more power to you if you walk out with that but like be respectful and be realistic i would say uh that goes a long way because i remember going to the table and thinking okay i'm sitting across from lucifer himself because that's how who i was told these people were Uh, like the hospital negotiators and the hospital lawyers and everything, come to find out I actually really like them as a person. Like, I think they're good people. They're just doing what they're doing for their job, you know? Um, So that respect has gone a long way. Now I can sit across from these negotiators and these labor directors and these uh, hospital attorneys, and we can sit in arbitration or a step three grievance, and we can actually work it out without having to sit there and scream at each other. You know, just I would say above all, be respectful. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, and this is something I should have touched on earlier, is to never give up no matter how hard it gets never ever ever give up because the second you give up is the second that they win always no matter what you're fighting for in life whether it's a, a contract whether it's for a to get a union whether it's to a union election we can never give up ever
0: and there we have it folks two examples of how to prevail when beefing with the boss although they were taking us some challenging places they were able to resist and prevail in the end as union leaders We know that the work of our union is never finished. So shout out to Jessica Alul and Crystal Gardner for taking a stand and fighting to expand the rights of behavioral health workers and hospital workers in Chicago and in Connecticut. And so as we wrap up this episode of the podcast, I want to remind you to be sure to fill out the survey that you are receiving your emails very shortly. And then, after that, we want you to take this conversation to the Facebook group. So we'd like for you to provide feedback on any boss fight that you've been in or any captive audience meeting and just discuss some good tactics and best practices on how to fight back in those. So until next time, family, thank you for joining us on this journey. This is Adrian signing off.